0: Spirit, man, just feel your life. Feel your life here this morning. And sometimes we like to complicate it. We like to make it about so many other things, and we like to come up with these really cool and fancy quotes about what this is, but when it comes down to it, it's life. You've come to give us life. And so today, would you you wake us up? Would you make us come alive? That's simple. Let the gospel make us come alive in your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our community, we've been fasting along with the global church for the last 40 days during a season that we call Lent. And we are officially done with fasting now. Isn't that great? Oh man, Dan is so happy. I can see the joy of the Lord all over (laughs) him. you knew this, but the season of fasting, which typically lasts forty days, known as Lent. Easter actually kicks off the next season on the church calendar, which is known as Easter tide, which is about fifty days that leads up to Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit fell upon the early church. And how many of you guys know that the feast is better than the fast? And I think a lot of times we put a lot of emphasis on the preparation, on getting our hearts right. And Lent is all about a time, Lord, prepare my heart so I can experience the fullness of resurrection, the fullness of Easter. But I think sometimes we don't get to the feast. And what Eastertide is supposed to be, while Lent is preparing our hearts to understand and fathom the fullness of resurrection, Eastertide is meant to live in the reality of resurrection. That is, we are to live for the next 50 days in a constant awareness, with our hearts open wide. Lord, I want to experience the reality of resurrection. Not just an idea in my head, not just a good sermon quote, not just something I could tweet or Instagram share, but something that is lit in my daily experience. And I think some of us never get to that. A lot of us, we've been wedding planning for our whole lives, and we never had the wedding party. But today, I believe God is kicking off the party. He's awakening a season, stepping us into a season where resurrection isn't just a good idea. Resurrection is the way and the life that we live. And that's what today is about. That's why millions of churches all around the world are celebrating and singing, Christ is risen. Not just because it's a cool idea, not just because it's a good story, but because for our lives it means that we too can come alive. We've been in a collection called um, Upside Down, where we're going through the Beatitudes. And man, worship night on Friday was off the hook. We had people from our community pray through each of the Beatitudes, and all of them were so good. And it's just cool seeing that. And today was supposed to be the sermon on the last Beatitude. I'm going to try to tie it in. I don't know how well it's going to fit in. But Matthew 5.10, this is the last Beatitude. And I, I know it's not a typical Easter passage, but I believe God's speaking to us in this. And this is what it says. ...passage for Easter ever, right? (laughs) Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are despised and reviled. But you know, when I was looking at this passage... ...and trying to see how I could shoehorn it into an Easter message... ...there was a question that I was asking myself as I was reading this. Why was Jesus persecuted? Why was he so hated and despised and reviled? And why does he say that the body of Christ will be persecuted, rejected, despised, and reviled. And the only thing that I can think of is this: Jesus was so radically different from anyone else that had ever walked the earth. See, you don't persecute someone that's just like you. You persecute someone because they're different. Growing up, I was a very different kid. Like, you know, all my friends was playing sports and stuff, and I was just... I had this thing where I just go to the corner of the playground and sing "It's a Small World After All." Indian friend, I don't know why we did that. Every recess, we just had a spot we went to, and we just sat together. "It's a Small World," and literally not—I don't even know his name. I don't know anything about him. I just know we both love "It's a Small World," and I was just—I was just that kid. And you know, prime example in second grade. I think it was second grade. The Rugrats movie came out. And during Valentine's Day, all my classmates were buying these really cute Valentines to give to the class. I don't know why, but I spent about 15 hours at home where my dad had this, uh, this big boom box. And I don't know how y'all used to do it in the day. We, we used to burn CDs, right? But before that, you would take a cassette and take a blank cassette, and you would record over that cassette. So, I made 28 cassettes of the Rugrats soundtrack for my class. I don't even know why I like that soundtrack, but I just did that. That was the kind of kid I was. And it was good, right? <laughs> was good, right? Yeah. Me there, I want to yeah. go there. Yeah, so good. But I knew from a very young age I was different. And when you're different, you're often rejected, you're often reviled. And in this case, Jesus was so different that people weren't ready. He came and he pushed the boundaries of the status quo. He pushed the boundaries of what was normal. He stood against what was common in that day and age and there was something about this man when people encountered Jesus, they said there's something different about him. And I don't know if I like it or if I hate it but I can't help but be drawn into that. And when I think about why Jesus was persecuted, it's because There's a movie that came out recently called Everything Everywhere All at Once. If you have not seen it, you need to go to the theaters today after church and experience God. It is such a good movie. But the thing I love about this movie is when I was sitting from the moment the movie started to the moment the movie ended, there was something different. I had never seen anything like it before, and it was a cinematic masterpiece. There was a scene of Sigourney Weaver with hot dog hands. You will never see anything like it. And what the message of Easter is, is there is a man who came 2,000 years ago, and there's never been anyone like him. Do you know how different he is? Do you know how beautiful he is? How many of you know that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good? He came to make the dead come alive. That's why he came. What does the crucifixion of a Jewish rabbi 2,000 years ago have to do with me? It's not that I could be a morally good person. It's not so I could check off the religious checkbox. It's not so I could be in good standing. It's so that I could come alive. And this is why Jesus came. That I was once dead without God, but Jesus came as a man and gave me life. We spend so much time talking about life after death. But what about life before death? Because when Jesus came, he didn't come just to give us a ticket to heaven. He came so that we could have life even before we die. Even before those pearly gates open and little angel cherubs that look like Zion are floating around with (laughs) hearts. Even before we enter into paradise, Jesus came to give us life life and life to the full. In other words, resurrection isn't just for the afterlife. It's for your Monday morning zombie mode as you're getting up, going to work. Resurrection is for that. Resurrection is for your broken relationships. Resurrection is for your shattered dreams. Resurrection is for your dead ends in your career. Resurrection is for every part of our lives, and we don't have to wait to heaven to experience that life. We can access that life right here, right now. There's something inside of that's longing for that life. I don't know if you've ever felt it. Maybe you felt it when Jacob was hitting the high note in forever. <laughs> Maybe you felt it when you were watching that Pixar movie and you couldn't stop thinking about Jesus. Maybe you felt it when your pers- the person that you love and you care about was praying for you. But you've, we've all felt glimpses where there's something inside of us that's longing for more. Something inside of us that's searching for that kind of life that we were always called to live. You know, Zion's at a really cute age right now where we're, n- we're basically sleep training him, which is a cruel way of saying that we leave him in his bedroom from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., and he just has to figure out how to sleep. But oftentimes now, he'll wake up a little early, around 7, and we have a camera in the room, and we can see when he wakes up, he starts like groaning, he's like looking around, and he literally like he looks like lifeless eyes just like searching around the room. But at some point, about 10 minutes after he wakes up, he gets on his belly <laughs> – we have a little, um, on our crib, we have this little sheet so he can't look outside and be distracted by the things in the room. But he's peeking out out of the curtains. You know who he's looking for? He's looking for us. And for like 20 minutes before we go into the room, he's just like looking. Where's mom and dad? Even this morning, we left him in the playpen in the living room while we were getting ready in our bedroom in the bathroom. And I, I peek over. And Zion's sitting on the floor. He has a toy. He throws it away. And he's just looking around. He's just looking, and as soon as we walk into the room, he goes like this.
1: You know, you know his
0: smile, right? Like, I, don't know, son, I think he's broken. He smiles all the time. And then when we get close, he just lifts, lifts up his hands, and there's something inside of you and I that's just longing for God. That's just like... Even when I'm by myself, and I have all my toys, and I have all the things that are supposed to make me happy, that are supposed to fulfill me, that are supposed to satisfy me. I have everything that I need, but something inside me needs something more. There's there's a piece of my heart that can't be filled by anything here that's longing for God. And I believe today, God is saying, I'm right here. I have come 2,000 years ago so I can be right here In this room on April 17, 2022, two years into the pandemic, where many of you have given up on church, and you hate online, I hate online church, and you feel distant from me, but I'm right here to meet your heart, to give you what you've been longing for. What am I getting at? Easter isn't just a day we celebrate, it's a people we are called to become. Resurrection isn't just a one-time event in history. It's something we're called to practice every day. And what does it look like? It's like coming this morning and saying, Jesus, you have risen. I need your life. It's like waking up on Monday after the Easter high has worn off and you have digested all your spark social food and the the fun of the baptism is no longer there and you're just in your room by yourself saying, I don't want to open the Bible. I don't want to pray. And you're not feeling it. It's waking up Monday morning and saying, Jesus, I need your life. It's at work in the middle of the day when you're like, why am I still at this job that undervalues me, that underpays me? I don't even like doing this. It's in that moment saying, Jesus, I need your life. It's in your broken relationship. Man, we're fighting. We can't figure it out. We don't know how to get past this. That's when I need your resurrection life. You see, resurrection isn't just a one-time event. It's something we are called to practice every single day. That's what it means to be an Easter people. I want to read 1 Corinthians 15, 16-20 in the MSG version. Y'all know why I like the MSG version. Yes, it's because I'm Asian. Yes, it's because I like MSG. And this is what Paul (laughs) says. If corpses can't be raised, then Christ wasn't because he was indeed dead. And if Christ weren't raised, then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark as lost as ever. It's even worse for those who died hoping in Christ and resurrection because they're already in their graves. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sorry lot. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up, the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemetery. If there's any word for you today, it's this. We don't have to sit in our graves any longer. We don't have to sit in our cemeteries any longer. Because how many of you know that resurrection happened while it was still dark outside? Scripture says the account of resurrection, the disciples came, and the Bible says it was still dark as they approached the tomb. What am I talking about? Some of you, you're hearing all this. You're like, resurrection life, amen, pastor. Easter, amen. Jesus risen, amen. But you still feel like you're in the dark. But this is precisely the place where resurrection happens. It happens in the dark of the night where there seems to be no hope. It happens when there's all hope is lost and there's no chance for anything to happen. It happens in the moments where we least expect it, in the graves, in the dead things in our lives. And that's where resurrection power is activated. I love Star Wars. And the reason why I love the Star Wars original trilogy is because it tells the story of the gospel. Come on, don't fight me on that. Don't fight me on that. The original trilogy is the gospel story A New Hope. A child is born, prophecy fulfilled, who carries a hope to bring balance to the force and order to the galaxy. Part Two Empire Strikes Back. All hope is taken, there is no chance. All seems to be lost. The empire has won. Darkness has prevailed. Return of the Jedi. (laughs) The king is risen! He's back! And he has a green lightsaber. And he doesn't win the battle by slaying his enemy. He wins the battle with love. All the best trilogies in the world tell the gospel story. Lord of the Rings. Holy Ghost, just amen with me on that. Open that door. Frederick Buchner once said, Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. Very simple message. We're going to get to our baptism because I believe baptism is the mark of what we're celebrating today. It is the mark of resurrection of new life. But My question for you today is this. Is there any area of your life that's still in the grave? Any part of you that feels dead? That needs that resurrection life And maybe this message Is too simple for us In modern day Christianity But Jesus Has come to give you life He's come to make your heart Come alive Some of of us have been sitting in our graves For way too long And Jesus is saying come out Why are you looking for the living among the dead That's what he said to his disciples And so I want to I want to extend an invite to you. I want to invite you, if you are feeling any part of your life that feels dead, if you're feeling like what we mentioned earlier, dead religion, you're carrying the weight of that, if you're feeling any part of your life that needs that resurrection life, whether it's personally, whether it's in relationship, whether it's wherever it might be, the invitation today is Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. Right now, why don't we close our eyes as we respond to the Holy Spirit? God, I thank you that you have come to give us life and life to the full. And right now, we come before you broken. We come before you with questions. We come before you jaded and apathetic and numb. We come before you Carrying a lot of the heaviness of our lives. But your simple invitation today is this: receive my life. Get out of your grave. Step into resurrection. God, I thank you that you came and you were so different. There was something about you that just made people come alive. As the disciples were walking with you on the road to Emmaus. They didn't even recognize you, but they said to one another, were not our hearts burning as he was walking with us and talking with us? Lord, would you set hearts on fire today? Would there be that passion for life that you have called us to live? You have not called us to live like walking zombies. You have called us to live fully in living color, live fully with the life that you've given us. And I pray that we can access and tap into that life today in our our relationships, in our career, in our personal lives, in our hearts. God, would you resurrect all the dead things? Would you bring us back to life? That is the hope we cling to. Not one day we'll be drifted off into heavenly gates, but that we have access to that life right here, right now. So Holy Spirit, would you touch hearts? Would you awaken lives? Would you come and make yourself